Good morning and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Sunday morning. It's been quite a while since we've done a one of these shows on a Sunday morning, Colin. Um but we've got three uh, interesting games to get through after Saturday night. As always, the Irish NFL show is brought to you by Cassidy Travel, who are already planning for the 2023 season with a pre-order option available in terms of giving your team interest, giving your logistical interest in terms of where you want to go, what game you potentially would like to look at next season. Um, check that out. It'll be on the bio. We will be putting that out, of course, Twitter later on today and on the podcast bios as well. Um, Colin, good morning. Wet and windy in Dublin. Wet and windy throughout the course of the country. Um, and there was some wild weather in uh, Buffalo last night, but we'll probably get to that game. Uh, later on there was a bigger one which didn't look like it was going to be the case but uh you're very welcome this morning how are you good brian uh, as i said on the preview show when it comes th- this time of the year and saturday football and all the talk about the the weather we saw the the snowballs that uh, i'm sure we will get to but we got a couple of really great games uh last night and a divisional ding-dong matchup in terms of the Browns and the Ravens so yeah plenty to discuss and the best thing is here we are discussing it discussing this last night games and we still have tonight's games to look forward to yeah it's funny when I was looking at the order to which we would uh, discuss here this morning it would it would have been the Buffalo game starting off but obviously what we saw in the six o'clock game was quite unusual um in terms of a game which looked like it was completely out of the, um, off the park. The game was over essentially. The Colts had this one. They were twenty-three nil up at half time. The Vikings couldn't get it, couldn't uh, get out of the way in the first half. And uh, I mean, the the opening drives in the game. Um, right. I think, uh, yeah, I think Brian, maybe, maybe it, there's that so much going on that it was the the game. It was, it felt like that. What's going on? I think for you now is probably what was going on in Kirk Cousins' mind in that first half, because absolutely nothing went his way uh, in that first half. The Vikings, the special teams were a disaster. They couldn't stop the kick return. They were good. They had blocked punt. Um, they had the, the overturn. Justin Jefferson went, went down injured. And yeah, they went in at, at halftime, um, 33 points down. Uh, I, I, Brett Coleman uh, had tweeted that the uh, 40 to 3 defeat was the worst Vikings defeat in six decades. And he thought that they could be looking at an even worse victory. What were your thoughts at halftime at that point? Well, it was a combination of two things. I felt the Colts played very well, but the Vikings couldn't get out of their way in the first half. You touched on it there. I mean, the opening drive, they allow a big return on the kickoff. Um, which essentially puts the uh, Colts in a good position, good field position. They, the end money with a field goal. Following drive, they, they blocked the punt. The following drive after a, a massive run by Cook, which I always find very unusual that they go back to the running back immediately after he's had a 50 to 60 yard kind of run. And we saw it last year in the Patriots Cowboys game where Harris went off on a big run, handed it to him immediately when he looked gas and he fumbled. And essentially, that's exactly what we saw Cook fumbles, Colts recover. They quickly have a quick fire drive essentially and go up 17. And then I suppose the ice on the cake for the Colts was a half just before half time. The uh, the pick six, um, right deep in in their own territory for the Vikings and twenty three nil. You know you're looking at all the memes on on Twitter, all the social stuff is around the fact that it's a game on a Saturday and if only the Colts could play every Saturday, you know. And then I looked up to see where they're playing on Saturday on Christmas Eve, but no, they're Monday night football against the Chargers. And look, even 
in the middle of this third quarter, it still didn't feel like there was anything more than a couple of consolation scores in, in the offing for the Vikings. Uh, Osborne goes in and, you know, had a couple of uh, Packers and Bears fans obviously even an interest for the division, not necessarily because they're going to go anywhere, but more because it's the Vikings and they're saying, but at least the score would look respectable and it would allow Kirk Cousins a different narrative after the game. He can put it down to silly mistakes and Kevin O'Connell could just say, it's one that got away, we'll move on to the Giants game on Christmas Eve. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it is, but Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan and um, he just and the offensive line didn't know favors. I mean, the defense for the Vikings essentially took over, and he was getting sacked at will. There was again some questionable calls at times by the Colts, and you know, later in the game, should they have taken the field goal? Probably getting away from the the fantastic comeback by the Vikings, but um, you know, there was a decision there to make a go for a field goal, and most head coaches in that position may have taken him. But I guess for the Colts, with nothing to play for, he just felt that was an opportunity to put the game away. Um, the Vikings in the first half have 24 yards of offence. Like, that is surreal. And yeah, you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers this morning and he finishes with 460 yards, four touchdowns. And he got everybody in on the Ackland. Thielen, Osborne, Jefferson, the receiving touchdown from Cook. I mean, it was mind-blowing. And as the game continuously went on and they were creeping back into it, you just sensed the momentum was building. And even in, in overtime, I mean, the Colts still had an opportunity to go and win the game. Couldn't, couldn't put it away and... It's it's interesting. I've seen a number of these delayed uh, delayed game calls recently in the NFL. You know where teams are trying to get into field goal range and they're trying to do one final snap despite the ball, and teams are delaying games. And some some referees are calling it, and some aren't, and some are very keen to call it. And look, it was a penalty, but again, it's a difference in interpretation. Some referees against others, um, have we seen over the past few weeks, is interesting. But for the Vikings, it's been a fantastic season. I mean, they've won the division. Set all sort of records. Kevin O'Connell's for sure. You put up a great tweet last night around the nature of the season which you had. We were obviously fortunate to interview him last summer, and he, he seemed like a really great guy. And you can understand why those players are so keen to deliver for him and keep hold of that second seed place, placing. Because if they had a loss last night, it would have been back in the 49ers hands. The 49ers would have leapfrogged them into the second seed. So that was a significant win, and there's still bigger games to come. And the 49ers would have been looking at that last night, thinking we're having a great weekend, having rested up after Thursday. I wanted to see a great Vikings comeback. It was, for a neutral, it was one of the better games we've seen this season. I got stuck there, uh, trying to get myself off mute. Yeah, I, I think, to me, I suppose, so, some of what you said, Brent, I'd nearly go back. Um, and you talked a bit about Kevin O'Connor, like... This Spurs team, and we had Ari, Ari Hassan on, and, and other people were saying it. After the draft, it was like, it's the same old Vikings. It was like Spurs, right? They weren't expected to do anything. They were expected to be nice. They were expected to, you know, ha have, have a couple of nice plays. Ah, they've got Justin Jefferson. He'll probably have some nice games. But ultimately, this wasn't a team that was expected to go anywhere. Everyone kind of laughed when they paid Kirk Cousins the money uh, that they, they did. And, yeah, people will look at it and will say, you know, 10 one-score one uh, victories, they'll regress next year. And maybe they will. But ultimately, this is the first time first-year head coach uh, who, you know, the, the narrative up to, I think, the past couple of years has been, oh, you couldn't have expectations. Um, but we've now seen Stefanski with the Browns, Sirianni with the Eagles, and now O'Connell uh, with the Vikings show what you can do. Um, and the players clearly re respond to him. They clearly respect him. And he's going out uh, 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 there and they're, they're demonstrating. I thought, weirdly, that the defense were okay yesterday. 
it was that it was special teams and the offense that put them in such a, a hole. You know, he talked about it like, I mean, gifted them 14 points. But the um, as the as the game went on, and even Jamar Chase tweeted about Justin Jefferson's touchdown and the route and what he did uh, to Gilmore, um, who had had him, you know, absolutely tied up in in that first half, and we saw him go into the blue tent. I think Jefferson went into the blue tent twice actually, and Christian Darashaw went down. Um, but it tells you, I suppose, the the spirit and camaraderie of that team, um, that they they were out there uh, until the end. So I I am you know what this means long term for for the vikes and where it'll end up we've no idea um you know the, could the vikings go into the playoffs and and lose immediately absolutely but i, I think um your they they're likely to play your giants the commanders or the seahawks i think both teams will look at that and say you know the vikings and whoever they're playing will say there's a chance here so the vikings you know could could win a, a playoff game it'll be very interesting uh, to to see how how it plays out, but I think you know for where expectations were for Kevin O'Connell and the franchise writ large, they have no matter what happens for the rest of the season, they have over delivered on what was expected. Yeah, it's a very valid point around the, who they could come up against in the playoffs and how they all feel they have an opportunity to go into Minnesota and put themselves in a position to win the game. You, you reflect on what Michael Lombardi said when we had him on live last week. He was discussing the games in which they won at home this season and every single team getting on their airplane after the game saying, how do we how do we not win this game? There was several games in which teams had it there to win and it didn't they didn't get over the line. The Bears, the Lions were needing weight with a minute to go. We saw recently with the Jets having the opportunity to win the game and the Coast last night is probably the biggest one of, of all, which is you know, when you, when you have a, a record setting uh, loss in terms of the greatest comeback in NFL history. It's uh, it's be hard to take, and the Colts owner has already come out. I think he came up prior to the game saying a very open canvas in terms of who we're going to look for for the next head coach. So that's that's interesting. That essentially he's already making that decision that it won't be Jeff Saturday taking on the job. One thing that will get lost in the game, and maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be Monday or Tuesday when it gets really discussed. Was the refereeing in the game, Colin? Because the Vikings have won the game now, so it kind of puts to bed some of the poor decisions in which we saw. I mean, in the first half, we saw it tore down where he ripped the ball out of Pittman's arms and it was caused an incomplete pass but he, I mean, he held on to that ball for quite a significant amount of time. The play wasn't really wasn't dead from what we see in the NFL and of course they, they scoop up and essentially it should have been a pick in that recovery and, and return for a touchdown and then I think the one in the fourth quarter in particular when at that stage like the Vikings were down by eight needed to get the ball back to get that touchdown and obviously be in a position to go for two points another scoop and score essentially which we see every week in the NFL and that one was definitely a touchdown but more so what was disappointing and we, we've seen it creep back into the game recently early on in the season we weren't seeing it, it was that very much as you said just let them play and uh, for it to be for, to be to be whistled down I mean you, you allow the player to run it in I mean even if it if, if it's pulled back and challenged or whatsoever or reviewed by upstairs and it becomes a, a non-factor because it's not a fun because his knee is down or his, or his He's got the ball down, but for the for it to be so <clears throat> blatantly obvious, I mean, we didn't even have time off from from them going upstairs to look at it. It was literally a ding dong downstairs. You've got it wrong. It's a fumble. Give the Vikings the ball. And unfortunately, they've come out the right side of the result. But if they hadn't, then it would have been very interesting to see how frustrated and how animated Kevin O'Connell would have gotten the press conference over. Because it would have been essentially the decision that may have cost them the game. Your your thoughts on this? On 
those two or just in general the whole refereeing of the game yeah i i mean i suppose i, I definitely agree in terms of um, blowing up too early on, on those i i would say kevin o'connell's thoughts on on those obviously the result have been different but also um, maybe on his player showing the frustration that he did in terms of the 15-yard penalty. And I get the frustration, but my goodness, sometimes you have to ensure that you channel that in the right way um, and that you you know, you know don't take your helmet off on uh, the, the field. I, I think what's interesting to me, Brian, is they blow so, – it's inconsistency, right? Because at other times it is – we have seen almost this year, maybe more than any other years, the rolling malls that you see in rugby become more of a factor in um, the NFL. And I know that uh, Sam Monson has been on, been on a crusade to get Americans to realize that they're malls and not scrums. Uh, and uh, he actually managed to get the uh, one of the, the broadcast teams uh, to change their verbiage on that. So kudos to Sam. But that's one of the points is at what point does forward progress stop? And if you're going to allow the offense when they are moving as such, and if you're going to allow, you know, the second and third attempts, then why all of a sudden when the defense get a, 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 a strip or a sack or whatever it happens to be, why are you penalizing them? Um, look, I think um, it, it is the it's the inconsistency. And I, I, I get it. Be, you know, human, this is humans. This is two people can look at the exact same thing and see it differently. Uh, I think, fortunately, in this instance, the game didn't come down to refereeing. Um, ultimately, the the, Col- the the Colts just imploded in the second half, and the Vikings were deserved victors. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, going to be a tough offseason for the Colts to see where they go. It looks like they, they will also need a new quarterback as well as a new head coach, so there's a big rebuild there. It's funny, <clears throat> I had a couple of Colts fans text me at halftime saying, we're not out of winning this division. If we were to win this game, we'd be five, eight, and one. And if results, it's, it's amazing how every NFL fan has a permutation in their head of how they can still make the playoffs. But that's essentially is put it to bed. I thought it was put to bed a couple of weeks ago, but they'll be licking, they'll be licking their chops this week and looking forward to a difficult game next week against the Chargers. It's going to be a rough week for the Colts and for the Vikings. Like they play the Giants next week on Christmas Eve, and they need to keep on winning to, to secure this number two seed. It's going to be crucial come the playoffs. We'll move on to uh, the Saturday night late game, one fifteen am for us, which I watched in full this morning. I won't lie, I didn't stay up till 4 in the morning, but I did make an early start this morning to get the game in. Fantastic game. I didn't think it would be that type of game. We saw like a similar type of weather conditions last week. Maybe they were a little bit worse last week, but in terms of how the, uh, the Bills-Jets played each other with a 2012 game, I thought that was the type of game we'd see last night, but it wasn't to be. The weather had no... Really no impact on the game. The tour was 70 and 30, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Allen had a fantastic night, 25 of 40, over 300 yards, and uh, four, four touchdowns. I mean, it was a great game, bearing in mind the conditions. It got really, the conditions really kind of got worse as the, as the game went on in terms of in the fourth quarter, in particular on the last drive in which the Bills managed to get over the line with a 32-29 win. This one for me is, is one that the Dolphins, they, they, I, mean, I didn't, Think the Dolphins going to win this game? I thought this would be too much. You, you called it out on Thursday. The, the the consistency with the schedule. You know how the inconsistency in in a way that <clears throat> a team is asked to go on the road three weeks in a row and turn around from a Sunday night on the game on the West Coast to play Saturday night. I thought the conditions and the upheaval of a week would be too much. But but in fairness, the um, 
Mike McDaniel had the team ready to play. I thought they were really good defensively. They did as well as you can do against Josh Allen when he's on form. And if I feel it just feels like one of those they got away. I was looking at the numbers this morning. Waddle 114 yards touchdown. Hill at 69 in the touchdown. Mostert went for 136 yards rushing. You look at all the stats after a game. You say, "Geez, that's a fantastic offensive performance." And yeah, they still come out on the wrong side of a, of a defeat. And uh, look, I think the Dolphins will be okay. They've got winnable games to get in the playoffs. Huge win for the Bills to remain that number one seeding uh, with tougher games to come. They still have to play the Bengals away, which will be a really tricky game. But um, if, I don't know. I just had a few Dolphins fans as well text me morning saying it really is one that they felt that they was there for the winning, and it just didn't didn't transpire that way. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the Dolphins will probably feel that, as you said, Brian, that it was there. There were some moments where, you know, on, 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 a, on a different night, um, that Tua, Tua might have made a couple of different decisions and it could have all gone um, very, very, very differently. Um, for um, the, the Bills and, and Bills Mafia, they definitely uh, march on and... Uh, for the the dolphins oh, you know this could it, it they're winnable games certainly but those two divisional matchups to end the the season you know on the on the road um to the patriots and then at home to the jets those will obviously be the the key probably the you know the deciding factors for them and uh, so when it comes down to those divisional matchups that is one to to really really keep uh, an eye on and um I think, though, given what I had said, this was the third game on the on the road. You know, they are they're so impressive in terms of what they do offensively, and they just you, you saw it. That I mean, ultimately, if they had if the Bills hadn't horse collared, um, they they would that would have been a touchdown. And that was just incredible. That run it was it was just an outside zone run, and he just ran and ran and ran, um, and the speed that they uh, come at you and. Um, I suppose the the Patriots will uh, probably be hoping that it'll be a, a similar type of uh, night weather-wise or day weather-wise when they welcome uh, the Dolphins. But uh, that game uh, in Miami against the Jets, that is one to, to circle because that might be a Week 18 game that ultimately uh, decides, depending on how the Jets get on uh, with their newly reinstalled Zach Wilson later on today. One thing that concerns me with the Bills, and it's been the common theme throughout the course of the season, we spoke about it time and time again, is the reliance on Josh Allen to run the, rush the ball. I mean, in the first half, he only ran the ball, I think it was about 22 yards, and then in the second half, it, I suppose his, his numbers are probably flattered by that massive run in the third quarter, which, uh, sorry, in the fourth quarter, which I think went for 40, 50 yards. But like I was looking at the numbers this morning, again, Singletary, 28 yards, Hines, who had a touchdown, 10 yards rushing, and Cook, the rookie, second year, uh, second round pick, brother of Dalvin Cook, um, five yards rushing. I know he caught a touchdown, but like that has to be a concern. I mean, you're gonna you get into playoff time and you play against maybe the Bengals or or the Chiefs. And I know if they're playing during the regular season and they they beaten the Chiefs, and it'd be interesting to see how they go against the Bengals in a few weeks. But like at some stage, they need to get that result. You would have, like don't want to look too far ahead into off season, but surely they would be looking to make a big trade, um, or you know maybe potentially look at the likes of Josh Jacobs or maybe even Saquon Barkley if he's not retained by. The Giants, there be two players. I would think they would be making a, a huge push. Like you look at the offseason last year, they made a huge push for Vaughn Miller. They really felt that was one player that they needed to get and then putting them over the top. You know, defensively, they, they need a, a, a marquee running back to put themselves over the top because right now, they, I think ultimately this is what could cost them. You know, you get into a game where you can't, 
go up and down the field offensively in terms of Josh Allen with, with Diggs and with Davis and you rely on your running game and right now it's non-existent and it has to get better and in fairness they do try you look at the numbers after every game there is a significant amount of handoffs it's not like they're they're not trying to maintain balance but it just it just this is two years on now and it hasn't been correct look they're in a great position I'm not trying to put them down but it's, it, to me it's a, it's a huge concern would you, would you would you go with that or do you think it's just a case of Josh Allen Josh Allen and, and Josh Allen only no, I definitely think it's a concern. I wonder whether whether they would be willing to invest. I, I mean, look, Jacobs and Saquon are undoubtedly going to, like they will probably be the top two and, and, and what they will want in terms of a, a contract. I, I reckon they will look at it. To, to me, and um, the other thing that kind of stood out last night, and I touched on it uh, in what I was saying earlier, was like defending the rook. Because one of the things that Von Miller does that's maybe underrated is Von's ability to set the edge. And Von is a really good uh, run defender. He's obviously best known that he gets the money based on his ability to uh, rush the QB. But um, they, I think but that, that and that's not, look, the, the Bills are explosive. And on their day, the Bills could beat anybody. There's a reason I, I picked them to, to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I think my slight concern would be yeah both in terms of running the ball but also without Vaughn defending the run now they won't meet teams with the speed that the Dolphins had every week um, but at the the same time uh, that is something when you get into particularly into the playoffs and you're playing you know the top teams they always look at, at what they can exploit and that's where it really comes down to I think the I, I think what you'll see them do perhaps is more so maybe go dip again in for a running back in the the draft. I just I just wonder, given you know how how many other pieces they're paying, um, would they be willing to invest into uh, the the running the running back uh, position? But I suppose uh, that might depend on ultimately how far they go. If they were to, say, get to an AFC championship game and they lost that on the back of an inability to run the ball, well, that focuses minds and all of a sudden you might be willing to pay. Um, whereas if it's a different piece, ultimately, if they come up short because you know they, they can't get to um, the opposing QB, well, that, that is something that, that focuses minds. That's what tends to happen with teams. It's how they lose that gets remembered, and it's that that owners and GMs tend to invest in. Just looking at the Bills' schedule, uh, Bears next week, um, I would say that's very winnable. Bear in mind the Bears' situation. Then ultimately, I think the biggest game, obviously, for them, they go into Cincy to play the Bengals on New Year's Day, and then they finish with the Patriots at home. Um, are they, are they number one seed bound? Do you think there's another storyline to be written? Yeah, I, I, I think that they're they're the, I think that the favourites for for it. Uh, it it feels it's always like it's like when you're you're coming right to the end of a, a Premier League season, and you think, oh my god, you have to win every game, but inevitably, team other teams stumble as well. Uh, so it might be that they end up stumbling in that. Bengals game it might be let's see what, what happens uh, ultimately uh, but I think others could uh, stumble uh, as well on they'll always always this is the beautiful thing about this league and you saw it on full display uh, la, you know last night in uh, that Vikings Colts game and we'll see it again this evening 
there are always surprises. There are always shocks. There are always unexpected results. So to me, yes, the Bills should get the number one seed, but um, it, it may come in an unexpected way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and that's what is, I was bearing in mind. If they were to get beaten by the Bengals, they could they could actually drop from the one seed to the three seed because the Bengals would then have it. Depending if the Bengals run the table and win the remaining games. For the Dolphins, they play the Packers next week. Um, Christmas Day game. Um, um interested to see how the Packers get on against the Rams tomorrow night. They finish with the Jets and they got the Pages in between that. Um, it's a it's a difficult loss for them. Bear in mind it's three on the on the. I mean they've lost three in a row now, but you would expect them to get back and get themselves in a position to essentially lock down a wild card, the wild card spot. <coughs> Before we get into uh, the last game, just a few comments here. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, you want to show up? Alan Brown, top content analysis, let's keep up great work. Appreciate Alan, that's very kind of you this morning. Uh, Luke Kelly has uh, referenced your t-shirt this morning. Um, Colin, in, uh, the comeback from the Vikings last night. And uh, a few other little bits and pieces there around the games and stuff. But uh, I thought the one with the t-shirt was interesting. I thought you'd like to see that one. Um, Owen Healy, Chargers fan, more than lads. Uh, big game for the Chargers tonight against the Titans. Um, yeah, anything to say about that particular t-shirt? Where did you pick that one out of, Colin? And that's uh, I, I do I do like my uh, t-shirts uh, and uh, I think this this was another uh, one I, I acquired on one of my adventures stateside so uh, I'm glad uh, glad Luke is enjoying that one <laughs> right we'll move on to the last one which was the uh, last game which was the middle game the 930 game and uh, we both got this right we both went for the Browns it kind of played out in the manner in which we expected which was a uh, kind of a low scoring affair um, we touched on on the show Thursday night when we were doing the preview how inconsistent the Ravens offence has been recently even when Lamar Jackson was playing we saw them stutter at home to the Panthers up and down in the game in Jacksonville in which they lost didn't really get any better against the Broncos and again last week we saw kind of a, a difficult offensive performance and it was reflective again last night Huntley only threw for 128 yards no touchdowns a very off night for Justin Tucker. Um, it was a, it was a kind of field goal type of game. Whoever had the, you know, there was opportunities there before half time. Missed put that one why, which again was very manageable for him. Bearing in mind what we saw over the course of the season, and then even in the in the pregame warm up, they were showing some video clips of of ones he was hitting from 55, 60, which were going over, and then he had another one blocked in the tour quarter, and there were six points that at that stage kind of got away from them and they could have kept them in the game put them themselves in the position later on uh, Watson 161 yards his first touchdown at home as a, as a Brown to uh, to people Jones Chubb didn't really have the most effective again but yet he finished on 99 yards as, I suppose from the Browns perspective when they needed to run the ball at a critical point in the game to put the game away they did and uh, their defence really stepped up last night with some uh, key players in, in particular in the red zone where they picked off uh, Huntley I mean there was a narrative last season from a few people and even this season that if Lamar Jackson's contract doesn't get resolved and they were to move on from him, um, that Huntley is the, is the right man to step in. I think uh, we all saw kind of a, the reality of the situation last night. He's not at the level of Lamar Jackson. I don't think he ever will be. He's a, he's a manageable backup in particular games. But it's like any backup when you're asking him to consistently play over the course of four to five weeks and win games. It's not going to happen. Um, it's a difficult one for now because obviously if the Bengals beat the Bucks tonight, they leapfrog, leapfrog and go into the top of the division. They do play each other. Later on, you know, I think it's week 18 in Cincy, so obviously that'll be the game. Intensely could be the divisional decider, but um, it's a huge loss. But I, I wasn't surprised. I, I 
I've saw enough over this offense over the last four to five weeks to recognize that against the Browns defense on their game on their day is really good at home uh, in a game where the fans will be well up for it they would find a way to stop them and put themselves in a position to win the game and that's how it played out so for the Browns it's a good win they're beating every team in their division at home this season so to look back on games that they've won this year which have been really good but um for the Ravens it's a disappointing loss yeah, but as you said, I mean, the, the, the Ravens season, feel, it feels very similar to last year in, in many ways. You know, they when when Lamar isn't there and you've alluded to Tucker's issues yesterday, I mean, the, the, without those two, they, they just had an inability to score points. And uh, J.K. Dobbins is an interesting one. I think he has learned a lot over the season, but like this is a guy who was spitting fire at Ian Rappaport in the off season and how dare you and your sources are all wrong and um, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And it kind of feels a little bit like, you know, that's where the Ravens had this attitude, right? Um, wait, Marcus Peters and um, the dancing and all of that stuff. And it was like, Win, win some games first. That's you know, go out and get the the ring. You're you're coming from a storied franchise. Like, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that can be said about Ray Lewis. But when Ray Lewis was on the field, Ray Lewis was on the field, and uh, you know that that's I think that I wonder what where the Ravens go from here, right? Because what happens with the contract? I think even with Lamar, there are huge you know there's huge unrest about about the OC. Um, when I was on with the UK Ravens podcast a few weeks ago, I mean, they were talking about him the way in which both Broncos and Giants fans talk about Pat Shermer. Uh, and that'll tell you uh, how how they, how they highly they, they think of him or not. So I, I just wonder where exactly they go from here. Uh, I think they, John Harbaugh has, they've, they have some phenomenal players and they have incredible talent on defense, I think right across the roster, but I think on offense, they're so reliant on Lamar and Lamar's ability to make magic happen that when Lamar isn't there, they really, really uh, struggle. And it, it just could be, you know, a, a case where ultimately they're, they're left to, to come up short again and that we kind of look back on this Ravens kind of maybe even five year period and say one or two extra pieces. And this could have been a team that had a, a ring, two rings, but um, it certainly feels like right now they're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, you touched on J.K. Dobbins. In fairness to J.K. Dobbins last night, you know, he had a really good game. He, he's come back off it. Of it uh, you know, it could have been in a, seri a serious, sorry, a season-ending injury. He had an operation. He came back. He, you could see it last week. He was slowly getting back to full fitness last week, and he could have put the team on their back last week and. and you know, ran, ran them to victory in that late drive against the Steelers. And last night he went for over 100 yards and they couldn't stop him throughout the course of the game. But unfortunately, when he got into the red zone, difficult decisions, probably bad play calling potentially, but and they're throwing it instead of relying on the run to get punched into the end zone. That was a disappointing factor. They're lacking in wide receivers, Colin, and we've seen it. Like, they've made, they have made attempts over the past few years in terms of in the draft with Bateman and stuff, but he hasn't stayed fit. I mean, we've had two years of him now and we've hardly seen him on the field. And other players have just... The Hollywood Brown trade, I'm still kind of, like I never thought he was a marquee wide receiver, but he was very effective in that offense for the Ravens. So that was a surprise at the time, you know, last April in the draft that they, they traded him away to, to Arizona. And like despite the, the Francis and difficulties of Cardinals this year, he has had a, a reasonably good season 
and even within that he was been he's been out for a period of time so they might reflect on that and say that was one if they look back that they would um consider um you know it's maybe the wrong move at the time and then you've got the defensive coordinator uh, mike mcdonald and he's again you're talking about the offensive coordinator being under scrutiny from the fans i've ever havens fans that are continuously challenging him as well like mike martindale was let go at the end of last season you know he felt it was just time to move on from him and he's had a reasonably good season as a defensive coordinator with the giants and there's still Ravens fans, I feel that he was the he was on the the wrong end of um, he was the fall guy essentially for what happened in the second half of last season when they had so many injuries on defense he couldn't stop the, both the rushing and the passing attacks and but he was playing with very little and he was exposed because of the players in which he was dealing with so um you know there's there's, there's questions there Harbour's got a lot to deal with obviously he's never going to be let go because he's such a great head coach and you know the stability in the NFL is so crucial we see that with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and how they play on the him, but there's a lot of questions that come, and obviously the, the big one being the Mar Jackson contract. But look, it's not over yet for the Ravens. They've still got winnable games. They'll still be in the playoffs, even as a wild card. But um, big loss for them. Be interested to see how we how they go on from from this next week. Um, when we recorded on Thursday, um, the Lions Jets game, we were discussing on the base that Mike White was going to be the quarterback, as you alluded to earlier on. Obviously, Mike White was ruled out on Friday, and uh, Zach Wilson, who was you know, activated back onto the panel uh, during the week, but again, we, we assumed it was going to be as backup. We'll start tonight, and uh, even from a betting perspective, uh, Colin the line has jumped back and forth because the bookies don't know who should be favoured for this game. Do you see a Mike, uh, uh, Zach Wilson uh, comeback game tonight? You know, he's been, you know, I suppose in a way, the expectation is lowered uh, on him despite being the second pick in the draft last year. Because now that he's had a difficult few weeks, his attitude was wrong in the game against the Patriots, in which they lost and obviously he was removed from the team and Mike White played. Do you see a scenario where he could come out tonight and kind of prove it, prove the doubters wrong? Put the Jets in a position to win this game? I am interested to see. Uh, and that's kind of what, I, in terms of J.K. Dobbins, my point was, I suppose, about a little bit of a, a home. And yeah, he has been, like the way he's bounced back has been really impressive. Now we've got to see, can Zach Wilson, um, you know, he, because he, he was, the you know, just the, I suppose, he, he hopefully has learned a, a lesson in humility um, because the, the response, I mean, I can only imagine the way in which that Jets defense must have reacted for him to be dropped, not just, you know, to QB2, but to QB3. So definitely humbling experience. How it does, I think, you know, will will be an interesting one. I had picked the the Lions even with Mike White. Now, partly that was just on the basis of how beaten up um, Mike White uh, was. I mean, he was, you know, um, it was, he was like uh, one of those, uh, you know, uh, in like basically a table or chair after a WrestleMania cage match. Um, so I'm not surprised to see that he, the, the Jets doctors, refused to sign off on that because they didn't want to, to deal with that. I it's a big opportunity for for zach wilson um but we we will we will see how how it goes i mean he 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 has really only shown you know a couple of of flashes i i don't feel like trevor lawrence right up until the past few weeks in particular now we've really i think we've seen him take a big step forward um but wilson didn't have 
the the lack of a, a rookie uh, season that, that Trevor Lawrence did. He didn't have all that um, you know nonsense with the the head coach, um, but Trevor Lawrence still had quarters here and there, or he had um, moments here here and there, like you know half a game. Um, but Zach Wilson has had throws. Yes, he has had some throws, but you can't say at any point that he has really put it together uh, for a full game or maybe even a half. The fact that, you know, the, the t- his teammates were wearing Mike White jerseys tells a story. So I think for Zach Wilson, he needs to forget about the fans. Uh, he needs to forget about the media narrative. What he needs to do is win his teammates back. Um, and certainly going up against a, a Lions defense that can be can be porous. Uh, that is, it is it offers an opportunity. I, I'm still on the the Lions. I think that they should be able to to get it done. Um, but yeah, for for Zach Wilson, this is what the the NFL it gives you redemption opportunities. It is entirely up to you whether you take them or not. Yeah, the redemption opportunity probably is coming along a lot quicker than. Uh, most Jets and, and him himself would have would have thought. Um, I pick, I picked the Jets uh, more so because I was impressed how impressed I've been with their defense throughout the course of the season, and when in adverse weather conditions, which we're expected to see, I think they might be in a position to slow down this Lions uh, defense. Sorry, offense to put the Jets in a position to win the game. If Zach Wilson can just do a game management and allow other players on the team to do the remains, and in particular then obviously on the defensive side of the ball. Um, a couple of interesting ones we we spoke on Thursday around. The Panthers-Steelers game, it was kind of inevitable that uh, Kenny Pickett would be ruled out, bearing in mind it was his second concussion of the season. Uh, there was a lot of conversations from, uh, from, from Steelers fans, which I spoke to, and the narrative all week was that Mason Rudolph would, would uh, leapfrog Mitchell Trubisky and start the game tonight. That isn't the case. Mitch Trubisky has been confirmed. In a game in which the Panthers, uh, we spoke about this great run the Panthers are on, and great storyline coming towards the back end of the season that they've essentially traded away so much so much value um, and then obviously the team have rallied around the interim head coach when in a position to potentially leapfrog the books and go top of the division tonight um, it makes me even more confident on a, on a Panthers victory with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback Brandon Wayne what we saw last week and as you rightly called out um, during the show on Monday he's come into two games this season thrown three picks in each game it, were you surprised that he remained he remains a starter well, it, it it was the it was the fact I suppose that uh, yeah Kenny came in in relief of him and threw three picks in in, in the uh, and then he came in and threw uh, three picks in relief of, of Kenny Pickett. It's um, I I am in some ways, but not in others. Um, I I just think that I I don't think either Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky are the the answer there. So I I don't think it really matters, and I think ultimately he's probably gone with the experience with the guy who you know has has been a a franchise guy in chicago albeit it didn't work out for mitch trubisky i I mean we we heard that he was kind of unimpressed ultimately when he was benched but then he gets the opportunity and he just hasn't he hasn't taken it and i think he will probably look at this as a a, you know a lost season i think they only signed him to a two-year deal and from what I remember of the contract, it was pretty much, um, it, 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 it wasn't big money and it, it was front loaded as well. So uh, he might find himself looking for a, a new team ultimately uh, come the, the off season. But I think, it, you know, 
that's ultimately the experience was what got him the the start o- over Mason Rudolph. I mean, would would I wouldn't have confidence in either of those guys. I I would be more confident if Kenny Pickett was, was starting if I was the, the Steelers, um, because at least the the potential I think is is still there. But I you know I'm glad to see that um, Kenny Pickett won't be in there this week. We had talked about that on the preview show as well. How you know, team signing off on uh, QBs to, to come in one week after a concussion, especially a second concussion, just seemed absolutely insane. So glad to see that hasn't happened. And finally, we just have a quick point on the Bengals-Bucks game. It was obviously last night's result. Uh, we're kind of referencing the Panthers there. If the Panthers are to beat the Steelers, they'll be keen to see um, how the Bucks get on in the nine twenty five game against the, the Bengals at home to continue with the... Uh, Divisional lead, and obviously if the Bengals win, they will take they'll take over the ownership of the lead in the in the AFC North. Big game for both sides. Um, I think we both picked the Bengals. I must I haven't changed my my thoughts on the game, but um, it will be interesting to see how both teams react to the results. Bearing in mind uh, the Ravens have lost, and they'll know come nine twenty five from a Bucks perspective whether the Panthers have won and essentially could be top of the division should they lose to the Bengals. Yeah, um, I think um, the, the other thing, Brian, that we actually haven't um, talk, talked about, because um, it, it isn't just the, the last night's games that, that we haven't, are, that we're discussing, we should probably look a little bit at the 49ers and the fact that the 49ers um, with uh, Brock Purdy there, uh, you know, they just looked like they, they didn't miss a beat, you know, and they were without Debo. And yet they just they just go out and they dominate. And that was another game where we saw another ridiculous rough in the passer call. I mean, ultimately, what is Nick Bosa supposed to to do? But Kyle Shanahan has the the 49ers in some ways are what the Colts I think wanted to be. Like the Colts wanted to be in a, in a kind of a post Peyton Manning, post Andrew Luck world. They wanted to maybe create a system where it wasn't QB dependent and it didn't really matter who you started in, it, it, you just got on with it. Um, but ultimately, um, it, it all fell apart for them, whereas for the 49ers, it just doesn't seem to matter uh, who uh, is is in there. They find ways to, to win and they have clinched the, the division. So now the question, I suppose, is how deep can Brock Purdy go in the playoffs? And then what might that mean for the offseason and the QB uh, conversations in the Bay Area? Yeah, which is why I was really focusing on the 49ers last night during the Vikings game because how significant it would be for them to get the second seed. They would essentially have two games at home potentially before going to, to Philly. You know, should Philly maintain their, their form and be hosting the, the championship game. Big decisions coming in this offseason. It's a, it's a massive one. You're now essentially dealing with three quarterbacks that went to within the, the organisation and how you manage the relationships and what you want to do with them going forward. Um, we'll just touch on our two teams very briefly. Obviously, the Giants play Sunday night. As you touched on there, the 14 Islanders beating the Seahawks was a significant for the Giants. It gives the Giants a little bit more breathing room. Essentially, whoever loses this game tonight on Sunday night football remains in playoff position. Um, but at some stage, you need to start winning games. It's going to be a, a typical NFC East game. We discussed it on Thursday. Obviously, I've gone Giants, you've gone Commanders. And I just want to touch on Russell Wilson, Colin. I know it's not a game that has any bearing on the playoffs 
it's probably the game this week, weekend for both teams that very little significance. Maybe drafts it. Well, obviously he was there picking this year, unfortunately, because of the trade. But um, Russell Wilson was cleared of the concussion protocol. We actually spoke a bit about that Thursday around how players now are getting cleared, and they kind of early on in the season focus seemed to have kind of moved off again. But he was cleared out of the protocol. But yet the Broncos have made the decision not to play him tonight. Were you were you taken back and surprised by that decision, or do you think it's bearing in mind how the season is going? There's no point in risking him. I, I think I, I'm I'm happy about it uh, because, as I said, I mean, Russ came off with a golf ball sized lump on his head last week. Um, he we all saw the the image of him on the the turf. He was clearly uh, knocked out, and I don't care what reports come out during the week, and I don't care about how great he he looked and he passed the protocols. Um, you know that that to me would have been silly. Um, do I think the decision would have been different if the, the Broncos were chasing a, a playoff spot? Yeah, it probably would be. And that probably speaks to um, the NFL, um, you know, the, the protocols. I, I just think that I, I am happy to to see him sit. And, that, and, and the Broncos don't even, this is the thing, the Broncos, it's not like they get any advantage even though by losing. Because ultimately the pick has been traded away, so it will be the Colt McCoy versus uh, Brett Rippon matchup. Um, but it it is the right decision for me, even if Ross himself apparently is none too happy with it. Just a few comments before we wrap up, uh, Colin. Um, it's gas. We're, we're talking very interesting. We're talking about all the different playoff permutations, and Owen has alluded to it very well here. Um, Owen's a Chargers fan. He said, obviously, the big game for him is the Titan Chargers. With a passing interest in the Pats Raiders, bearing in mind the Raiders are sitting in 7th seed, and the Lions Jets, obviously, because the Jets are 7 and 6 as well. Dolphins loss, obviously, was a big help for them, for them while chasing the, the wildcard spots. And uh, just a, a piece around the Chargers, having Mike Williams back. We spoke about it. I you know you've been up and down on his, you know, whether he's a number one wide receiver, but it is significant to see him back in the team. So, again, that's interesting. And then Adam Brown, obviously, is referring to. The game which you're looking forward to the most, Bengals Bucks again. It's a really enticing game on Sky 9:25 this evening. Uh, that's about it for the time being, Colin. We will be back tomorrow evening, as always, to reflect on another crazy Sunday. This show uh, again is always brought to you by Cassidy Travel. Great to have a Sunday morning show. Great to have some Saturday games, and we were fortunate to have two really good ones. Maybe not so much the middle one, but uh, you know, if only the NFL could put on some Saturday games throughout the course of the season, but uh, never to happen with all the college football. Uh, a blank slate last night gives them a good opportunity. And obviously next weekend, Christmas Eve, on a Saturday, the NFL have moved the games from Christmas Day to, to Saturday. There's three games on Christmas Day as well, but again, another big slate on Christmas Eve. Um, a nightmare scenario for for the people who will be uh, on Santa duty on Christmas Eve, but um, we'll get through it somehow. Any any final thoughts, Colin? Just look forward to, I mean, look, we... we it was another record breaker last night in terms of a team coming back from a deficit those records will continue to be broken and every week offers us something and uh, i i would think i uh, look forward to uh, discussing all of the action on tomorrow night's show yeah same here okay for now we'll be back tomorrow night nine o'clock enjoy your sunday enjoy the games um, and uh, chat tomorrow Thanks for the interaction, everyone.